This is the Leading Second Podcast, where we're on a mission to equip local churches everywhere to raise up uncommon leaders. The Leading Second Podcast releases every Thursday morning. So hit follow and share this episode with your team. Now let's jump into another episode for all of us who lead from the middle. This is the year of the leader. This is the Leading Second Podcast. Leading Second, welcome back to Season 6 of the Leading Second Podcast. My name is Brandon Stewart. So excited and honored to have you here in this space. Hey, we're back for the fall with weekly conversations for all of us who lead from the middle. If you want to get it right for your church, for your pastor, see the mission of the church and your church move forward, Leading Second is for you. And we're so grateful that you join us every week. We have some great conversations teed up for you this fall that I believe are going to help you. In fact, today, to get us started, we have a big one. Uh, You know, in church life, those voices that really matter, those voices that really carry weight, the voices that are important and formative in the culture, today is one of those days for our tribe. I'm excited to welcome back my pastor, Kevin Gerald, for a really important conversation on the year of the leader on leadership development. It's going to be a great conversation today. You know, our mission here at Leading Second is to equip local churches to raise up uncommon church builders. Our mission as an organization, as a tribe, is not about us. It's about you and your church. It's about seeing the plan and purpose of God unfold and to come alongside churches everywhere to build greater leadership, capacity, health, strength, and alignment. We're, we're so passionate about that. And, you know, it's been an exciting year at Leading Second. We have at a rapid pace released some new initiatives and projects Um, all centered around this mission of equipping your local church to raise up uncommon church builders. I thought I would run through a couple of them today for anyone who's new to our podcast from the summer. First of all, for every individual listening, I want to invite you to subscribe and join us for Leading Second Plus. This is our online video resource platform with monthly releases, online courses, live events, uh, we have some some exciting new additions to the lineup planned for next year. Leadership Labs. Uh, it's a special place, content in a more methodical style than we can do here on the podcast, all available for a monthly subscription. The first seven days are always on us. So if you're interested, head to leadingsecondplus.com and we'd love for you to check out that resource available for you. If you are a church listening, a, a maybe a pastor or a director over your church's leadership development efforts, I want to invite you to check out Leading Second Pro. Leading Second Pro is the group subscription site of Leading Second Plus. In other words, we offer a couple different ways for you to license content uh, for use in your church or provide every member of your team access to Leading Second Plus on behalf of your church. Uh, We'd love to come alongside you and help equip your church to um, offer leadership content easily 
to the members of your team that you want to equip. So all of that is available at leadingsecondplus.com. If you want more information as a church on Leading Second Pro, send us an email to info at leadingsecond.com. We'd love to hook you up with that. Finally, we're so excited about Leading Second Build. This is our organizational coaching arm for lead pastors, and church leadership teams, if you feel stuck as an organization, like at the organizational level, we have a coaching platform and methodology uh, that we can use to come alongside you to get you unstuck and to help equip your organization to steward scalable, sustainable growth. We love working with organizations in this way, myself and our team of coaches are so passionate about seeing greater uh, capacity and health and alignment in your organization. So if that is of interest to you, send us an email at info at leadingsecond.com and we'd love to have an initial conversation with you about Leading Second Build. One more note, I'm so excited because as we launch into the fall here, we have our largest intake yet for coaching groups in Leading Second. This is our 12-month journey to master the art of second chair leadership in the small group cohort format. And we really believe in this space. If you are interested in a future coaching group experience with Leading Second, I'd encourage you to head to our website and join the waitlist on the coaching groups page. Let us know you're interested. That will help us gauge uh, when to schedule future coaching group intakes for uh, this program. We're excited about it. Bottom line, Leading Second is here to serve you and to serve your church. And we've expanded that menu this year. I pray you'll check out leadingsecond.com. It would be our honor to serve you and your team uh, this year as we run strong for the kingdom together. Okay, now that the housekeeping is done for today's conversation and to kick off the second half of season six of the podcast, I am so excited to have my pastor, Kevin Gerald, uh, in the house, so to speak, with us today. Uh, Pastors Kevin and Sheila Gerald have been my pastors since 1992. I've been a part of the same church my whole life, and they became my pastors when I was around 11 or 12. I have over 20 years of full-time ministry under their direction and direct leadership, and it is an incredible blessing, maybe the greatest blessing of God in my life outside of my wife and family and daughters uh, to call my pastors, uh, my pastors and spiritual covering. I'm thankful for them. I'm excited for you to hear from them today. We're talking about the year of the leader. So here we go. My conversation with Pastor Kevin Gerald. PK, welcome back to Leading Second. Thank you, Brandon. Great to be here. I think you are our only guest who's been on all six seasons. <laughs> you get the trophy. I want to be on another six. I thought we keep it up. Let's do it. Let's do it. It, it was important to me from the get-go that our tribe hear from my pastor. Mm-hmm. And so thank you for some space today. And that's kind of how I think a podcast, right? Is like I've I've had the chance over the years to sit with you on the couch and talk about <laughs> the great issues of life. Mm-hmm. And I want everybody to have the, the chance to hear some wisdom from you today. So thank you for that. And today we're 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 back for the fall. So we're talking the year of the leader on the podcast. And I, I have to just say we've been using that phrase all year long, but it actually came from you. 
Uh, we stole it. That's my job around here is, is to take the brilliance you of bet. our house and just steal like an artist. <laughs> well, it makes me feel good. And you've probably done a better job of fleshing it out than I have. Like, no, no. I, I, I keep reminding myself, get back to the theme of the church, you know, yeah, yeah. and pastoring, you hit different seasons and topics and you go to Easter and you go to, you know, you just get in a different season. So, um, it's, it's pretty cool that you've integrated it. Yeah. Sure. We, we loved it. And okay. So here's why I wanted to talk to you today. A couple of weeks ago, I got a mm. call from a friend. Uh, she and her husband are executive pastors at a church. They're on our coaching team for leading second. We love them. And, she was doing a research project for her pastor and she's she's in charge of you know really dialing in for them leadership development what are we going to do i think they have a they 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 need like 150 new leaders they're building a new building and anyways whatever yep so she called me and i she wanted to hear what we were doing at champion center i i gave her the rundown i answered her questions and at the end of the call she said something that got me. She said, you know, you're one of the only people I've called that's actually given me a square answer. Wow. She said, most people I've called want to know the answers, mm-hmm. but kind of have said, when you when you figure it out, let us know. We don't know what we're doing mm-hmm. any more than you do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's striking uh, when it comes to the landscape of the church right now. I think we all know we need more leaders. Mm-hmm. We need better leaders. We need leaders that can carry the vision of the house. And yet, um, I'm, I'm concerned right now with, um, I, I think the, the paralysis maybe that we feel a little bit. So I've, I've so appreciated you. You came into this year boldly declaring to our church. It's the year of the leader. I mean, you kind of said we're doing this and that's what I want to talk to you about today. And why, why was it that you found yourself at that place going so bold. We're talking Sunday morning here, mm-hmm. you know, yep. right out of the gate after new year. Uh, why did you take that approach with our church? Well, basically because everywhere I looked, there was a leadership void and I, uh, I was reading about the great resignation and I was hearing right. that, you know, in the corporate world, there were all these um, CEOs who were, who were uh, opting out and they were quitting and they were leaving their organizations. And I was, uh, although, you know, uh, and a lot of times you hear of, of something, there's a little fad or something for me, I, I felt like this is a, this is a loss that, uh, we're experiencing due to the pressures that are associated with leadership. Right. And, and I can't blame some of them. Um, you know, you can't fault them. You can't. Um, but I was also seeing it at the grocery store. You know, I was seeing it at Starbucks. I, I was seeing everywhere right. I went, the restaurant, you know, if you, if you go in, you just realize, wow, the, there's no leadership here. Um, or the leaders are really low quality. There's nobody that's really insisting on that people hustle and right. that we serve well and excellence. And so it, it, I'm talking about the secular part of it first, because what that did is it, it deepened my resolve to not just hang out in a sense of, 
um, man, our, our church or my church, this happened to me or this happened to us. It, it uh, gave me the resolve to just realize that this is, this is a widespread current problem. And yep. to say, I'm here for such a time as this kind of response, like, okay, this is the way, this is the cards we've been dealt. What am I going to do about it? And what I'm going to do about it is I can't change what's happening at Starbucks and I can't change what's happening in the corporate world. I can, however, I do have an organization that I've been delegated and mandated responsibility for. I can do something here. And so we were purging, you know, uh, we've been purging and this year again, we purged our database and right. still cleaning up from 2020 where right. um, leaders have gone AWOL and leaders are not there. And we've got huge gaps and voids and we'd like to do, be doing things better than we are. But in all honesty, um, we don't have the, we don't have the leadership team to do it. And so um, everything was sort of dipping and we were merging different parts of our organization together mm. so that they could be under one leader where they used to be under three, you know, right, but we don't right, have yeah. three leaders anymore. Yeah. We only have one. So where, what are we going to do about this? And, and that's really to answer your question. That's, uh, that's really why this year became the year of the leader. You, I think it was vision Sunday. You, you know, which is for us into January, I want to say. Yeah, actually. Be- uh, yeah, the end of January. And you came out of the gates, I think, declaring our theme then. So mm-hmm. we're talking Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And then for a number of weeks mm-hmm. after that, you did a leadership series. And I, I have to admit, I don't know that I've seen that ever or certainly not often. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that like for you, just taking a straight leadership message, Sunday morning audience I loved it. I just, I never got a chance to ask you, how'd you feel about it? Like what were, what were you thinking going into that, doing that? Well, mind you, I've, I've loved teaching leadership to church leaders sure. for, you know, for many years. And I've always felt like I had a sweet spot in doing that. Sure. Uh, yeah. But this felt really different to me because it was literally speaking to, uh, the, the church, uh, the congregation, if you would, people who were not leaders. And so yeah. I was doing a lot of, uh, of how do I say this kind of thing? How do I craft the wording around this? Right. Uh, because I'm speaking to an audience and that basically has not thought about leadership, uh, something that they were, they were meant to do or right. qualified to do. Right. And so that's where some of the live like a leader is, is where yep. that the phraseology came from is it, we is living like a leader. And that, that phrase really helped me to find some footing in the concept with the common person. And so I started with things like, you know, uh, some of the greatest leaders in the Bible um, were apprehensive and they saw themselves as unqualified so, yeah, that was so good. and incapable. And that, and that's where I started, like, just like no condemnation. Um, you could, you could, you know, Moses, for example, was, was the reluctant leader Yep. and uh, Couldn't speak. Jeremiah yep. was a, Joshua, like just go right down. And so that's what I did. I just started talking about these, um, these reluctant leaders of the Bible, um, and started saying, you know, when God looks, when God wants to do something, he looks for a leader. 
So God's not done yet. God's not done with our world. God's not done with the church. There, It may feel like we're at a huge impasse right now. The fact of the matter is God's not done. So God is looking for leaders. One thing you can be sure of is he's looking for leaders. And then as I got further into it, Brandon, I honestly settled in on a belief that is still very rare and uncommon. And that is that we're all called to lead. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't think people have embraced that um, for, you know, uh, most people The I, I don't think, and I think that that idea just being really insistent on and consistent of, of, of talking about it and saying what I mean by that um, has found some inroads uh, and acceptance in our congregation, but it's also not an easy one. Like, People, what yeah. do you mean, everybody? Like people don't readily embrace the fact that we're all called to lead. Yeah, I think that maybe part of the reason for that is, you know, we've heard this kind of picture of leadership given that's very heroic. It's it's Sully landing the plane on the Hudson. You know, it's yeah. it's it's you know it's it's this it's this out front picture of leadership which certainly is leadership there, there's there's no denying sure. that's leadership but i think people forget about the everyday acts of leadership yep that that like what leadership could look like for the person serving in children's ministry to to the children that are in their care and i think people just we we we, we lose sight of it in in this picture of leadership is always heroic and big and that's not me. And, and to really embrace the idea that is it, leadership is not a position. Leadership is not, absolutely. not a title and that leadership doesn't even need a platform. Like le like just to really embrace the idea and the concept that leadership moments and opportunities are happening every single day. That's right. For every single person. And if you, embrace that and flesh that out and settle that in your mind, you're a whole lot more aware of the opportunities that you have mm. to literally live your life like a leader. Yes. Yes. I want to talk in just a minute and frame in leadership development a bit, but I have just one or two more questions just about you. And I'm, I'm thinking of the, the lead pastor or the executive pastor, campus pastor listening right now. They want to get movement in this area in their church, mm -hmm. you know, but they don't know how they, how did you, my question is how did you overcome feeling stuck? or paralyzed in this. And I do recognize we have a leadership culture in our church. We have cultivated that for a long time in, mm -hmm. in fairness. Mm -hmm. um, but I would imagine the last couple of years, maybe had you feeling your own version of stuck or paralyzed in this. How, how did you find your way through that? Well, I, I suppose that the outlet for me was what we've been describing is that, for me, I felt like, hey, um, you're the leader. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you going to do about it? Yeah. And I started saying, I'm going to talk about it. And there's really no 
need to, I, I'm not going to get, we're not going to strengthen and have leaders in our church if I pretend we don't have a leadership void. Hmm. And so I have to speak to this leadership void because without leadership, everything is stuck. It's like a boat or a ship that is aground. You know, it, 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 it's stuck. It's not going anywhere. And what happens when a boat gets stuck is it oftentimes starts to take on water. And when the boat is stuck, it can be, it can be, first of all, the, the, it can be damaged. And Mm. I would say that's what's happened at most churches right now. Sure. Is that the, the local church is damaged. And then, but secondly, if you don't get free of being stuck, eventually it's destroyed. The boat is destroyed. So it has to get unstuck. And how do you get unstuck? Well, everything rises and falls on leadership. Yeah. And so when I think when I, when I started framing this um, as this, this is essential. It is important. This is language that must be communicated. I got to go to the church with this. I got to bring the church along with this. I've got to make them aware of this. I've got to raise them up out of, you know, maybe their own noticing, wow, our kids ministry is not what it used to be. Or, Mm. you know, our, uh, that wouldn't have happened, you know, in the old days, or, it's sure the crowds are, are not what they used to be or whatever it might be to start like bring them up into and, and by acknowledging and admitting like the boat is bogged down the boat that, but you know what happens is that, that leadership, everything rises and falls on leadership. And I love the John Maxwell quote, Brandon, that leaders are people who know the way, go the way and show the way. Mm. So he doesn't say they're, they're talented people. Right. He doesn't say that they are gifted people. He just says leaders are people who know the way, go the way, show the way. Now, my, my uh, way I'm interpreting that, and I like to talk about it, is that there are many, many, many people in our churches who know the way and go the way there are very few who are showing Showing the way. way. So that's Mm. the one we have to work on is equipping others to show the way. And of course that's discipleship, but that's also show the way in hospitality. That's right. Show the way in the media team, how to, how to be on the media team, show the way in, children's ministry relating to children show the way young person show the way if you're 15 to a 12 year old who who needs you to show the way it's like everybody let's stop just knowing the way and going the way and let's start showing the way so you've brought me to something i was really interested in asking you about today and that is just what does the leader look like that's putting points on the board for you right now. Now I understand every pastor is going to have a different answer. That's okay. Yep. Um, I just wanted to hear from you. Um, you know, when you think so leadership development and those who show the way, what does that leader look like that that is rocking it and putting points on the board for you as a, as a lead pastor right now? Well, I think um, the, the most important thing 
is that in in our church, um, we came I we came to the point where there's a um, an acceptance of the fact that our church had been uh, had had been very shallow in some ways in terms of leadership development and had been very strong in other ways. And so just two ways that I, I feel like we were very strong is in culture and for the most part in competence. Yeah. And I had led that way. Yeah. The where areas where we had been more shallow in terms of leadership development was in uh, theology and in character. And what I mean by character is accountability for mm. character. Mm. So, so that's what I mean in, within the ranks of the leadership yeah. team. We, we just kind of assumed everybody was, you know, keeping their character together. Mm. We just assumed everybody knows the Bible says this, you know, and, <laughs> and but when we, when things yeah. um, happen in the, in the last few years, like they did. So I, I came to a reckoning of that. So now what to answer your question is that for me, the the new, the leader that is the scoring points for us right now is a leader who is growing in those four areas. And they have accepted what would be our our leadership grid. And that is that they've they've been a part of the leadership development program focusing on four areas where we will never stop growing. Yeah. Four areas that are absolutely essential in all of our lives. Very good. Who are leading and influencing in our church. And those four areas, again, is character, theology, and I like to say theology that addresses the current issues and worldviews. <laughs> there you go. So I'm not just talking about, you know, repent and be baptized and, you know, the theology. I'm talking about Theology yeah. that answers and addresses current issues and worldviews. And then the third one is our church culture. What is our church culture like? And the fourth one is competence in the role that you are in. Those four areas is is the leader that, to me, is actually striking the chord and putting points on the board, who I feel like has those four things not not finished, but growing in them. They're attentive to yep. all four, and yep. they're growing in those four areas. So do you feel like we've moved the needle? Yes. No doubt about it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Do I feel like we're... We've arrived. No. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and I in, like moving the needle a lot better. Yeah. I mean, in, in fairness, I, I have been known to say a lot. There's no miracle grow for leaders. You, you know, you, you don't you, we don't do this overnight. There's no microwave. Right. For this thing. Right. Um, what what has encouraged you about our our church's response the most in this as you focused on it? Well, I, I think just the way that people have rallied to it mm. and i feel like it is it was almost like people in a in a boat back to that imagery in a boat and didn't know where we were going to go and then all of a sudden somebody shined a light and pointed toward land it's like you know it's mm. like wow okay yes 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 we have direction we have clarity 
We all know mm. uh, why. We all know the what. We all, you know, and I feel like people really, really rallied. And I will say this, Brandon, like I, I feel like uh, through Team Church, we've been, um, we're, we're, we're in settings right now where we're training and developing um, pastors and church leaders in these areas of leadership development. And we're sharing how we do it and all of that on our website. But um, it's an unfinished work as well. And there's a few of us that church-wise that are doing this together. I would just, I want to say this, that I don't think this can be farmed out from the lead pastor and be effective. I think this has to be, first of all, championed by the lead pastor. And having championed it myself and watching our church respond is what I would just want for every single one of you. I would want this for every church who's listening to this today. And I know most of you are not lead pastors, but I would want that. I would want your pastor to be able to come to the point where he, she really feels secure and moving forward with the leadership development program in place. Hey, let's invade that space for a minute. So um, maybe a couple questions I'd have would be how can an executive pastor and a lead pastor work in tandem on this? Cause I, I agree of, of anything that can be farmed out, you know, and, mm-hmm. and many, many things in some ways can, uh, this is one that, that will struggle if it is. Yep. And, and really deserves the pastor's fingerprint. Um, so maybe just a couple questions. What does, what does it look like for, for maybe an XP and a, and a lead pastor to work in tandem on this? Um, maybe what, what could a, an executive pastor do if they feel like they need to bring awareness to their pastor mm-hmm. about some of the, the leadership needs in the church, the need for this? What would you say to kind of that relationship? Well, I think every pastor is different and every, every executive leader is different, uh, but it all has to start with a conversation. And I think, in other words, the difference is that you may do it differently in your culture, but I, I would just suggest that we got to get to a conversation. And there's, I, I, don't, I don't envision pastors rejecting rejecting a conversation on this. I, I think most pastors right now are hungry, but probably don't know where to start and don't know what to do. And I think what we offer is some, some places to start and some very tangible ways to begin um, that I, I'm so excited about. And I feel like, I feel like uh, pastors would be thrilled Um, So I hopefully I'm just encouraging any of your listeners today who are executive team members and so forth to um, to consider how you we could include you could include your pastor in a conversation having to do with this. And I'll just say any conversation that, you know, what even a sermon, a good sermon starts with the need and you just began with the need and you start with people need to know the problem and then they get hungry for the solution. If they don't hear the need, if they don't hear the problem, they don't hear, you know, like, no, this is really the, the, the boat is a ground. (laughs) (laughs) The boat is a ground. (laughs) We are stuck. Uh, And that starts getting everybody's attention. So just, I'm not talking about being alarmist, but I am talking about the urgency 
and and the recognition and awareness that yeah that is present right well, now. Well, I just think it's it's a classic second chair dilemma. How do I make my pastor aware of something? Mm-hmm. You know, I see it because I have I have maybe closer proximity to it, so I can see it. My pastor's not aware about aware of it, and maybe maybe not all that passionate about it. Or so I, I think this is just classic second chair territory. Right. What to bring? When to bring it? Yep. You know, maybe yep. maybe just to ride that tangent for thirty seconds. I mean, when a you you've already partially answered it, but you know when a when someone on your team is bringing something to you, what do you want to see? Mm-hmm. What what do you need from them when they're making you aware mm-hmm. of a dynamic? Yeah, I I, I want to know the need. Okay. Like, I want to know why do you why why do you want to talk to me about that? Like, okay. what is it that, uh, or why did you bring that up? Or and so I think I think rather than just bringing up the solution as an idea, hey, it, you know, I got a good idea. Let's start a leadership thing. No, no, start. Start yeah. with yeah. the awareness of the need, and it could start with something as simple as listening to this podcast. And just I was listening to it, and I I felt a real affinity with it for our own church. And man, Pastor Kevin, they they got problems too. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like use, use our problems as an encouragement. Oh, to your pastor, you know, tell tell them <laughs> they they've hit the wall. They didn't know what to do. They were around. You know, how, however you want to frame it. Um, but I, I think that the, the honesty to say, like we, you know, we are, we had a baseball team of 14 people and, you know, that means we had nine on the field and we had a few extra, um, and had a little pipeline going. And as of today, we have five and we're missing center field and we're missing third base and we're missing and the and we ones have no who reserves. are playing are running way too hard, <laughs> yeah. and they're trying to cover every spot. And so the morale is down. People are weary. People are tired. We don't have any. And yet we've got these other people sitting there every week that are at our church, and they're experiencing the dissipating of quality. They're experiencing you know, taking their children and there used to be a really great check-in system, and right now there's new. There's a new gal working there by herself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's trying. So you know, getting all of that in in an honest, you know, obviously it, it, when you do that, the solution has to be behind yeah, it. Yeah. Or or it's just like a lot of negativity. But I, I was, you know, I was not planning to say this today, but I just feel led to. I, I mean, I, I feel like one of the consistent comments I hear when this conversation is happening with a second chair leader and a leader has to make their pastor aware of something is they get really nervous of, I, I just don't want my pastor to think I'm not a good leader. I don't want my pastor mm. to think. Mm. And so we, we shy away from bringing real needs, mm. you, you know, making our pastors aware of things. I hear it constantly. I, I, sure. I, I don't, I want, I want, here's what I hear. I want to be the best second chair leader I can be. And a lot of times leaders add up. Therefore, I can't ever make my pastor aware of a problem or I can't ever make my pastor aware of a need. I just think there's an appropriate time and an appropriate way to do that that actually creates partnership with your pastor mm-hmm. rather than treating your pastor as an adversary. Absolutely. And I, and I think this one is monumental. This is not... Yeah. This is big. This is this is huge. Like yeah. you can't compare this 
to, you know, four or five years ago, yeah. whenever you were leading children's ministry and you needed eight people to uh, go to the camp and you, you, you know, you only had four of them and you, you know, you, do you go tell your pastor? Probably not. Yeah. 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 Like you, you, you figure out how to get the other four, yeah. you know, yeah. that that's, that's, there's a difference right now. There, there's something going on that is much bigger in context and pastor already knows it. Like they already feel it. And if you come alongside to with empathy and love for your church and confidence that I feel like, you know, I really want to help make this happen. I want to know, you know, pastor, how, how do you feel? Do you sense it? Do you feel it? And, and uh, if you bring that kind of language, I, I think definitely the, you're going to get uh, the, the, the boat. It's going to start to move. Yeah, I agree. Okay, I can't let you go until I ask you about the concept of teams of leaders. Mm. You say this, and yep. I don't hear anybody else ever say this. I think it's absolutely brilliant. And we teach this in our church that the greatest form of leadership, teams of leaders led by teams of leaders, mm. is, is the most effective form of leadership. And I think what this, I want, I just want you to vamp on this for a minute because I, think there's you you always bring up to our church there's different types of leaders yeah and you bring up collaboration would you just talk to us about that for a minute because I think it is such a helpful um, conversation that brings leaders to the table sure I I guess uh, my background in sports and all of that would definitely be a part so sports military mm. um, a sur our surgery room, uh, you know, wherever you want to go, first of all, yes, they're a team, but they're basically the higher you go at any of this, they have been, they have been the leaders, um, at their position. And so they're, they have the intuitive nature, you know, to take full responsibility for the room. They don't just take responsibility to handle if you're, if you're, a part of a surgical team, you don't just take responsibility to hand the doctor, you know, the, the scalpel. You, you also, if the blood pressure is going down and you notice it and the guy next to you hasn't seen it, you yeah. own that. You, like, yeah, you, you say immediately it, yeah. own that. Yeah. If the vitals signs are not, you own that. Like everything, everything is yours in that room. Yeah. And so uh, the temperature being right in the room, just all of the above. So take that now and contrast that with a church team. Very and good. you began to see what I'm describing is that there, it's not a group of people who are just looking to do one, one thing and waiting for their leader to tell them what to do. It's a group of people who know the goal. They know what we're here to get done. They know what it, what matters in the big picture on Sunday mm. and on the weekend, and they see it all. And they know they and it doesn't matter what their their role is. That hey, I'm I'm a shortstop. If there's a pop fly hit to center field anywhere <laughs> near my vicinity, I'm running. Right. I'm leaving my post and I'm going out there to see if maybe I can be the first person to it. It's like so so it's responsibility to get. The, the three outs. It's so responsibility 
to get on base. It's responsibility, even though you might be the key best hitter on your team, a guy's on third in a game, a game time situation, and your your coach says lay down a bunt. Well, wait a minute. I'm I hit more home runs than anybody on. That doesn't matter right now. What I need <laughs> from you, big big Bob, <laughs> is I need you to lay down the bunt and get the guy home. So yeah. so that's the point. What are we doing? We're living like leaders. We're laying it all out for the game, and and so in our church, I just have. Uh, continually tried to frame leadership in a way where the best leadership is is not one leader yeah. who leads a bunch of followers. It's leading like a team. It's a team of people who are all thinking like leaders with a sense of ownership that says the boast the 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 best results are going to come whenever all of us see ourselves as leaders. Yeah. It brings people to the table. It's not threatened yep. by other leaders at the table. Um, and I, that I know I've, that's certainly part of your passion behind team church as well. And why we, why we amplify that message. Um, last thing I'll ask you, we'll land the plane. I, I really appreciate this conversation today, PK. Um, again, let's, let's just talk straight to the 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 XP so the executive pastor the campus pastor man they feel the would, full would you mind like just a minute like can I could my head still on the other I'm yeah s- yeah I'm sorry let me let me I want to break this out uh, one more level yeah um, this might really help because I I was talking about the ownership part but I I have another imagery that I want to share and that is that the primary leaders won't be in all the spaces of the the team of leaders and so what happens is that if you go back to the baseball analogy is that we have in our farm programs we have people who are coming up in the farm program as third basemen i'm just pretending i'm a professional team here and while who best helps them is one little group of people and that is the third the people who play third and the third base coach and that little group of people becomes the ones who are farming up and raising up. Now, flash forward to something that happened at our, or, or, or just uh, flash forward is not the right verbiage, but move over now, if you would, to the Champion Center Youth Camp a week ago, hmm. where you have, you have teenagers who are high schoolers who are signed up after their high school camp to be interns on the middle school camp. That's right. And what do they do is that they're waiting for the middle school camp buses to arrive. And when the the middle schoolers arrive and they pull on the campground and they're getting off the buses, the high schoolers have formed a tunnel with their hands held high up and they are cheering and they're bringing the middle schoolers running through the tunnel, like welcoming them, high-fiving them, and then even going over and grabbing their bags and taking them to their their tents or where they sleep. What is that? That's leadership, okay? And and the point I want to make is I wasn't even at the camp. Hmm. And me and you weren't there forming a tunnel. Yep. 
Yep. But those <laughs> interns are on our yeah. campus today and they're mm. being taught by us, but they're teaching someone else. Yep. And then they're raising up more. So do you see, I, I just wanted to totally. flesh this out for everybody that teams of leaders is people who, when they, when they leave the, you know, the one little setting of maybe a staff meeting or a team meeting, they literally walk out of there with the posture of leader. They mm. carry themselves with the culture of the house. They are developing and training all the people around them, even through their example and by being models. So sorry, I interrupted you, but I just wanted that imagery to be there, um, you know, for. And as a parent with a middle schooler who is at that camp, I mean, it's, it's just, I thought it was so brilliant when our youth team put it together, the high school followed and then followed by the middle school. Mm. I thought it was so brilliant. I, I even from the scheduling, I could see what they were doing. It was like this passing down, this serving. I was so thankful to have my daughter mm -hmm. there around that. Mm. It's it's stoking such a fire for her. Uh, you know, she just she just came yep. back, yep. had the time of her life. Yep. You know, and and no doubt it's it's now not just her mom and dad's faith. You know, she saw it. She saw it in a high schooler, and right. she saw it in someone just above her. Powerful and in, in, incredibly powerful. Um, let's let's land and let let's just talk to that leader today. They're they're sitting at their desk. You know, okay, I got to get started. Um, I need to do this. Um, would you just encourage them for a minute? Would you just just to land it? Like if they're they're feeling stuck. I got to get pen to paper. I got to get working on this. Um, just what would you say to that person right now? Yeah, I, I would just say that the very best thing that any of us can do is to begin with self-evaluation and, and look at where we are in our own journey as a leader and begin to ask yourself, how do I improve my serve? How, how do I improve what I'm doing, where I'm at? Uh, another way when when God, you know, lo, lo, visited Moses and and said to him, what's in your hand? Like, mm. like, like, that's where we're going to start, in other words. And I would just say to everyone today in second chair leadership is that it's so, so easy to in your chair to look around and evaluate other people. It's definitely harder to actually view yourself and see yourself and mm. evaluate yourself right where you are. And the reason it's so important is not just to turn inward, but it's amazing when you go from being who you are to being the better form of you, how it actually influences the people around you. So some of the things that you would be hoping could change in others will be changed only by your example. Mm. It'll only be changed by the way you walk in the room and by the way you have a conversation and by the courage that you show. And that that's how God's going to use you. In other words, um, through, through your revelation, through the lights going on in your own life as to how to take that next little step here, that next little step there, I'm going to be a little different in this way. I'm going to, 
be quicker to have a conversation um, than I used to be. That maybe is hard for me to have, but I, I want to have it. I want to, I want to be better at building my own team, you know, and then they'll look at my team. Maybe my peers on the other teams will be encouraged by the team I build. And so always, mm. if I could just say to you in the middle of this whole conversation, when it has to do with um, leadership and leadership development, um, we really have to continue to go back to our own evaluation repeatedly and allow God to speak to us, to grow us, and to strengthen us into the leader that we're called to be. Beautifully said. Thank you, PK. Appreciate you today. Thank you, Brandon. Well, thanks for joining us for a great conversation here on the Leading Second Podcast. I'm so excited for all the fall holds for us. I encourage you to hit subscribe. Uh, plan to join us every single Thursday morning as we have important conversations for all of us who lead from the middle. Information, anything you've heard about today can be found at leadingsecond.com. I encourage you to follow us on Leading Second at Instagram. Uh, until we talk again, Leading Second, let's run strong for the kingdom and lead in an uncommon way together. God bless you. To find the episode guide, visit our website, leadingsecond.com forward slash podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at Leading Second and join us on the Leading Second Collective on Facebook. Facebook.